Hey everyone, welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're in the Gospel of Luke chapter 3. And I'd like to share verses 7 and 9 with you. And then let's, let's talk for just a few minutes today about repentance, a true repentance that reaches to the heart. So if you would, hear the word of the Lord. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warns you to flee the coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, Every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. So, friends, John the Baptist has been given this role, this divine calling foretold in the Scriptures to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus, to help to prepare people's hearts to receive Him. He does that by calling for repentance. We, we read about, uh, about His coming in a couple of places in the Scriptures, in Isaiah 40, and uh, this would be verses 5 and 6, we, uh, or rather 3 to 5, we read this, Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. And so here we see that sin is uh, this hindrance for receiving the Lord. And so he's calling people to turn away from sin and to allow the Lord to come into their lives. In Malachi chapter 4, we, we read beginning in verse 5, Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. So John the Baptist comes in the spirit of Elijah, in, in the spirit of prophecy, he comes and he calls for repentance. And in this repentance, he says, is not just about, about who you are. It's not just about your, your sort of birthright into the kingdom of God. He says that really, you know, being a, 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 a physical descendant of Abraham really doesn't mean anything. It's also not just about pretending uh, pretending to be good while people are watching so that you can have a good reputation. This is about real repentance. And that real repentance, friends, it's not just a feeling of, of shame, although uh, it does involve the conscience. God gives us a conscience to guide us to do what is right. There's a really telling couple of verses in the book of Romans in chapter 2, and this is verses 14 and 15, where Paul here, under the inspiration of the Spirit, talks about the conscience 
that God has given us. He says, even Gentiles who, don't, who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. And so uh, he says here that, that God has given us this conscience, that, uh, that there is a, sort of an instinctive built-in uh, moral compass. And of course, it is broken in the fall. It doesn't work perfectly. And what we find too, particularly in our day, is that not only can we ignore our conscience, stifle and, and even sear our conscience from sensitivity to the Lord, but we can even, as many do today, uh, insist upon the celebration of our sin and, and, and essentially have the, the acclamation of others to sort of help us, um, help us sort of um, gloss over or, or ease that sense uh, of shame, saying, you know, folks will say things like, well, this shame, this guilt, it's culturally conditioned, it's not real, uh, we just need to get, get over it. Um, so real repentance, it, it, it does involve the conviction of sin, but it is not just about feeling bad, it's not just about shame. Uh, real repentance, what we find in the end, is also not just forcing ourselves to do what is right so that we avoid the judgment, so that we don't fall under the judgment of God. Now, it's a good beginning, right? Scripture says that, that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is the foundation of knowledge, the foundation of wisdom, that this is what um, this is what gets you pointed in the right direction, in other words. But it is not the end of real repentance. John says, prove that you, your repentance is true, that it is real by the way you live. Now, more literally, what he says is, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That is to say that there is an inward change there is a change in repentance that happens to the heart. There is a, a turning of the heart, and that inward change, that inward transformation, then bears fruit. It becomes visible in what we do. There is then a first choice that naturally leads to fruit, to actions based on that first choice. That first choice is simply this, I want God. I want God. I want God more than I want the world. I want God more than I want my sin. All of, of the, the twisted pleasures, all of the, the, the corrupt satisfactions, I, I don't want any of that. I want God and more of Him. We want to love God with everything that we are, heart, soul, mind, strength, all of it. We want to honor Him with our lives. We want to turn our lives from sin, from being oriented, focused, fixate, fixated on sin, on the world, to being focused on God, given over to Him. In John chapter 
15, Jesus gives a, a teaching on this, and he, he gives us um, some instruction, too, on what repentance looks like for the believer, for the one who's been saved, for the one who loves God. It is to dwell in God. It is to walk with the Lord. It is to, to receive life in Jesus Christ and to be pruned. It is no longer a matter of judgment whether or not we, we will fall under the judgment if we sin. It is now, for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. It is now a matter of pruning out the sin that we might bear more and more fruit. So we'll close then with John chapter 15, and we'll begin in verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. And you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, that, that is by the gospel, right? Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Do you, do you hear how he's talking about that turn, that first decision, turning to him, giving your life to him? I no longer belong to sin. I belong to Christ. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He says then in verse 9, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So we make, friends, that first choice to turn to the Lord. And then we allow the Lord to prune us, to show us our sin, and to ask us. He asks us, this doesn't belong. Allow me to prune this out, to root this out of your life. So that, why? Why? Of course, so that we can bear fruit to the honor of God, but also so that our joy more and more might overflow as we love Him more, dwell in Him more, more deeply, more fully. And friends, may it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And friends, till we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.